Just as God revealed his power and his love to his chosen people, the children of Israel, on their way through the wilderness to a more settled home in the promised land, the Lord has done for us. He's shown us great favor through our wilderness wanderings. And now it's our turn to tell the evidence, retell the evidence of, of his faithfulness. As just as God commanded Israel, think of all the celebrations on their calendar. Passover, Feast of First Fruits, uh, Feast of Tabernacles. All of these caused them, and God commanded them, every year you're going to have this time of remembrance, and you'll celebrate with a feast. They came out of slavery. Through 40 years of wilderness wandering, and then you know, they got to put their tents away, and God provided them a more permanent home to flourish in. And so I remember while we were in our wilderness wanderings, just promising God, you know, once you give us a home, uh, I will rehearse your faithfulness. We'll do it annually. And that's what we're doing today, first Sunday of the month. About 30 years ago, developers that were developing Lakemont set aside 3.8 acres on this corner for a church. And the city council put their stamp of approval. Nothing but a church could be built on this because there was a Christian on the board there with Ball 4 uh, that said, you want it to be a community? You want to give it a... It needs a church. And they bought into it. So that's all this could be. Mainline churches came wanting to be in this area. And with deep pockets, they, were, they said it's going to cost $700,000 for you to buy this corner. And uh, they turned them all down. They said, we don't want a main line. We don't want a denomination at all. We want a church that will be uh, open to everyone, no matter what denomination they call themselves. Brad remembers this very well. Um, so when we submitted our church and they studied it and said, this is exactly what we're looking for. We said, that's good because we don't have $700,000. <laughs> and this is what they did. They said, can you pay $380,000? And uh, we said, we like that figure, but we still can't, we can't qualify for a $380,000 loan from the bank. And they said, okay, we'll carry the contract. Something Balfour has never done before or since. So it, it became very clear that God was leading us. When uh, Kim and I were still living in Richmond Beach, when uh, I came on officially as the, the pastor here, uh, they brought the plans, because this was already in motion, um, for this property, the, these elders and, and others, and they unrolled it on our dining room table, and I said, what is this? Because this can only be accessed through this road. 
And they say, oh, that's not anything to do with us. That's a private property. Belongs to the Neff family. Uh, and I just, I just felt like, hmm, that seems to me like a piece of the puzzle. And I, I mentioned that then. And uh, first time I came here, I came and taught on a Sunday. Officially, we were, we were renting uh, the community college on Sunday mornings. And afterwards, I came up. Next slide. I came to this place. Uh, okay, go, go back one second. Because I came to this place right here. And Oscar Garcia, who's in the next picture, was the el- one of the elders there. We, we looked down at this and just pondered it and just, again, felt like this needed to be part of the overall package. But it wasn't for sale. And we just prayed and said, God, show us. I mean, I felt like I was going to have to go up and knock on the door and say, hey, would you sell your house to us? We really want it. But we prayed. We went away. The next day, the office was closed. On Monday, Tuesday, on our state-of-the-art answering machine were several messages from the Neff family saying this, we have to sell our house. We have to sell it now. And we have to sell it to you. Really? They had a market of one because, again, they're landlocked here, and they couldn't afford to stay there. We were able to buy this Bavarian-style home on an acre in Lakemont for $200,000. Of course, there were different times, but still $200,000. Unbelievable. So now we were able to work with closer to five acres, and it made the plan work. The next slide shows you Oscar and shows you what the lodge looked like initially. Now, you're saying, where is this building? I don't see it because right now you only see this much of it, the very peak, because in front of it, we were required to build a gigantic water detention vault that take all of the water from the parking lot, filter it, and slowly release it to Lewis Creek. But what it also did was it leveled out well, it's not level, but you can imagine it's, it's given us a much uh, gentler grade from 164th down to the lodge. So this is what we've had. You know, birds were nesting in the cedar shakes of the roof because it was so rotten. It was just in total disrepair. Next slide. Yeah, it just shows you it's a lot of the junk that was just piled up on the property. Next slide. This is the backyard, but this was after we mowed it. <laughs> it was just a sea of dandelions here. And by the way, that's Lakemont Boulevard. And there was no connection to I-90 at that time. You had to come kind of around through the neighborhood to get to Lakemont. Neither is there a gas station there in this picture, as we have on Lakemont now. What we did, next slide, we, we brought in a bobcat, leveled it off, created these berms, and landscaped the backyard. That's the same perspective, of course, there you see now the gas station's up and running. Next slide. This is called Broken Concrete. It's its official name. We were at a men's retreat in eastern Washington, just over the pass, 
And they had these huge slabs of concrete piled up. And we said, could, could we have that? And they said, here are the sledgehammers. Get, get rid of it. So we broke it up. And guys, some guys had trucks with them. We just loaded up the trucks. And this is what we did with it. Next slide. My grandfather was a mason from Italy, and he did this in our backyard, and I knew it would look cool. And so there you have it. Next slide. This is what the finished stone. Now we had to get steps because it was no longer a, a gradual uh, slope. And next slide. Half of the yard, we, we put a lawn in, and the other half gravel, and this is where you have fire uh, pits and all kinds of activities. Next slide. We have weddings back here. We, we have our uh, Easter early service back here outside. Uh, this summer, we had a worship concert out here. The ladies, when they say at the lodge, they meet in here on Tuesday mornings. The youth meet there on Wednesday nights. And we use it for many other things. This, this is yours. And then I, when I say the backyard is a park-like setting, that's what I'm referring to. We used this while the building was going up here on the property for all our midweek activities, and God has blessed us tremendously. Uh, today, we still use the major portion of it as, as our lodge, and, but we also have uh, some staff living quarters there as well. So God totally blessed us with that. We were not a large church. Nor were we a wealthy church. Here, here, here we are <laughs> at our groundbreaking. That's what the shovel represents. Um, this is Bill McArdle, by the way. You'll see him in a, in a few minutes. And Fawn Harmon, as he is, with Dave behind the camera. Anyway, this, this is another building that uh, would have been straight out these main doors there. It was also dilapidated and... Uh, we ended up having to take that down. But, but these people, it seemed that it didn't matter that we were few uh, and we didn't have a lot of resources. They believed God. And they, you know, they, uh, I tried to remember this quote from uh, the father of modern missions, William Carey. He said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. I said, I like that. We're small, you know, but that was our attitude going into this. And, and one of the things, one of the fears that I had was what God tells Israel in Psalm 78. He says, you limited the Holy One of Israel because you didn't remember my power. I don't want to limit God in my life. God has a plan for your life. Do you want just a part of it, a piece of it? A little nibble, or you want the whole enchilada? We wanted everything that God had for us, so we believed him for things that we couldn't see. And then we could see it. One day, it materialized. It's not just a gathering place for us, a house for his name, visible representation in the, in the, in the community of a Worship community and of a God 
that we pray to and that we follow. It's, other churches use this as well, and schools use this as well. So when, when you see all around you church, churches closing and kingdom real estate shrinking, it's very rare that you see some new enterprise going up and expanding the footprint, the kingdom of God on this earth and, and in America. So we're very happy that God has led us this way and allowed us to have a gathering place. He's caused, as David said in Psalm 16, the surveyor's line to fall in pleasant places. And he's done it for a reason. That by the grace of God, Calvary Chapel in Lakemont would make this mountain a fruitful hill. You want to be fruitful, right, in your lives? You want your lives to matter? I think that's instinctual. We don't want to waste our time. We want to, to make a difference, right? And as a church, we want to make a difference. But in, in order to do that, it's going to require consecration. We don't do that with a, a lukewarm, half-hearted attitude toward God. It's more the all-in attitude, living with Christ at the center of our lives, and helping us to do that are several ministry leaders that I'm going to introduce to you right now, and they're going to take very, just a few moments to give you some highlights from this past year, and then cast a vision for the first year, and the first person up is Berenice Samuel. There she is. Berenice has attended here for uh, 19 years. She grew up here, basically. And uh, come on up, Berenice. And um, for the last seven years, uh, she's served in the children's ministry. And the last one and a half years, she's been leading the charge. So let me give you this. Let's welcome her one more time. Oops, just a second. Pay no attention to the man fixing the microphone. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> wait, that's okay. This let's let's do this. We're gonna this little yeah, this when you don't have a lot of torque. On these little screw things. Can't quite get it tied enough. Okay, okay, well, we're gonna do it like this. We'll descend it from above <laughs> a little higher and then down, kind of like that. You like that look? Hello. Oh, Hello. is it? Should be on. Yeah. This is an upgrade. <laughs> an upgrade to where I speak from. I usually speak from the floor to all these little kids, have a bunch of them in my lap. So I'm not used to talking to an audience with an attention span longer than five minutes. So I want to ask you guys a question. I mean, how many of you guys were ever five years old at some point in time in your life? If you were never five years old, I might... 
I would love to know how you came into existence at this point. Because you did something even Jesus didn't do. So um, when you're five, um, you have a, a huge imagination. You have a huge trust in whatever people are telling you. You have questions that are really big that need answers. Well, in Sunday school, we take all that energy and time and we spend it breaking it down so that kids can take the Bible and have it made into something that it's part of their own lives and make it personal. So like even a small example of like the question of salvation to an adult, you could say it's deliverance from um, sin and bondage that you would have to go to. But for a five-year-old, that would be like 20 more questions. Well, what's deliverance? What's bondage? All of that. So we break it down to where God has rules set up for us in the Bible. And there's over 200 of them. But he knows we don't have that much of a memory span. So he broke it down and said, okay, I'll summarize it into 10 rules. And we don't have that much of a memory sometimes as well. So he broke it into two rules. But the Bible says if we break any of God's rules, even once, we're guilty of breaking all of it, according to James 2.10. So God loves us so much. He wants us to be a part of his family. So in his family, he wants us to be his children. So he sends down his son, Jesus, to take the punishment on our behalfs, but why would Jesus be the only person who could take away that sin? I mean, my parents love me. I'm sure if put under the right pressure, they would take my sin and die on my behalf, but what about their sin? I'm sure their parents love them. Maybe their parents would die for them if put under the right pressure. But the cycle just goes on and on, and eventually we'll just run out of human beings, and that first person would eventually have to die for that last person who died and didn't have the right perfection that God needed for us to die for our sins. That's why he sent down his son, Jesus, who has done no sin ever to come and be that perfect sacrifice. And the way we can have that salvation be saved from this um, problem is believing in Jesus, turning away from our sins of, and saying, I'm sorry for them, and accepting that Jesus did this for us and that he's alive today and waiting for us in heaven. And I do believe that as a church... We're like pilgrims on our way to meet Jesus. Not just the little ones, but also as grown-ups. And it's a long life journey until we meet Jesus face to face. My like our vision for the is for the whole church to join hands with the next generation, not only on Sundays, but in daily investment with their lives. It's not just a parent's responsibility, but also 
as a church, as a family, we're here together to join hands with these kids and show them that there is a God and he does care for them and he has a plan and a purpose for their lives. They're not aimless creations created to live here forever. And by joining us in the kids' ministry, we're able to do that exactly. And we use the GO curriculum and Answers in Genesis curriculum to help convey that message, even through the hard stories in the Old Testament. I mean, like, try explaining all the things Isaiah did to a five-year-old. So we're able to connect all those stories to the gospel every week. And we've also recently started opening up even more classrooms because we've had over 50 new kids enter our building ever since last Easter. So, so we want to continue having that age-appropriate learning, so we would love to have more teachers. We need, we're actively looking for teachers and helpers especially who can commit to at least two two times a week who can show their faces and help teach these kids we're having a kindergarten class opening up we're going to start splitting up the upstairs classrooms as well so we need some teachers upstairs with the first second third grade and fourth grade as well and i'm hoping we can also get some people to help with the check-in checkout process which we've made a little bit easier we have one person helping uh, every, um, every other week, so we'd love to have another person assisting as well. And we would love to um, have more volunteers for VBS as well. We have that up on our page running. We have the jungle journey this year in Answers to Genesis. So I wanna thank you all for your prayers and support. And if you are interested, in volunteering, please reach out to me. I know I was the first one to give God 101 reasons why I shouldn't volunteer to be in kids' ministry. So, and my number one reason was not, well, was coming up here and doing any form of public speaking. <laughs> so, if I can do it, get up here and start talking, especially if... I grew up here, so in youth group, I was named the quietest person in youth group. So if I can do this, God has given me the ability to give, the, give a voice to the children in our ministry, then I'm sure any of you can do what God is calling you to do in this ministry. Thank you. Thank you, Berenice. And Mary, come on up. Not going to forget Mary like I did last year. Mary takes care of the kids on Wednesday night. She and her family have been coming for 17 years. And for the last three years, she's been what we call commander at Awana. Welcome for Mary Burdick. Thank you, sir. Well, I made it up here without tripping. That's good. Last Wednesday night, um, Brad needed a whistle. I went to go to my car, and I come back in real fast because we're about to start, and I fell face down, boom, on the cement there. I was like, these were shoes I wear all the time. 
never slip. It was the strangest thing. Of course, Dave Skelton was there, our handy, kind policeman, and helped me up and got me on my way. I was like, it was crazy. It reminded me of another time. I was really, this applies to Juana. I just want you to know. Remind me of another time. <laughs> I dropped my kids off at a football game. And I went to park the car, and I was hurrying back to get to my kids. And I was coming along the edge of the stadium on the sidewalk, and I looked in in a pickup truck with the window rolled down. It was like a 20-some-year-old guy, and he was was flossing his teeth. That's kind of interesting. I don't know if I stopped to floss my teeth in the parking lot before I go in. And and so as a distracted ADD girl, (laughs) suddenly I trip on the edge of the sidewalk and fall off the sidewalk onto the parking lot. The guy in the trucks look at me like, that's kind of strange for that old lady <laughs> to be tripping and falling. But my point is, God has a pathway for us. <laughs> and without us even realizing, suddenly we are flat on our face. Or suddenly we're distracted looking at something that's really not important at all. And we fall and hurt our ankle. Well, for our children, we in Awana are helping to know God's word because his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, as it says in Psalm 119, 105. And this one I like. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble, unlike Mrs. Mary. <laughs> so we have, I want to, many of you know about it, but just a brief, it's a curriculum, it's an international curriculum that we have fantastic workbooks and patches and awards and uniforms. As a church, we just plug into that blessing and we help our kids to come and be a part of that and know his word. Awana children, a study in 2020, um, are 46% more likely to study the Bible during the week. That's pretty cool. In our club, we, this year we have 84 registered Awana Knights, or clubbers we call them. That's 56 families that we're ministering to, and that's 40 volunteers that make a difference. If you're a volunteer, could you stand up? Yeah, we make you stand up. Now, a lot of them are in children's ministry right now. We have the most amazing team. Oh, stay standing, because if you have a child in Awana, would you stand up? If you have a child currently in Awana, would you stand up? Oh, I know. And if you have had a child in Awana in the past, would you stand up? There we go. Thank you. So it is a a, thank you. You may sit down now. Thank you so much. Um, We appreciate that, you know, we are here to serve parents and support parents in helping their children to know the Lord and to be able to discipleship their children and help them to do the best they can to walk in the pathway of life. And in these days, the pathways can be so confusing, right? All kinds of things going on. But if they know God's word, and these kids memorize verse every week or multiple verses, they can see the straight path. They can cut through all the bling and glitter and floss, (laughs) and they can get to know God, and we're so grateful that we can be a part of that. Recently, um, for each half of the year, we, the kids can earn points for when they come. They can, if they come, if they bring their Bible, if they bring their workbook, their uniform, and they participate in their theme, then they can get 50 points for each time they come to Awana. Well, of our kids who come, 86, and usually we have about 70 during the week that come, um, 39 of them qualified for excellence in participation, 83% of participation. Um, So I thought that was pretty cool that half of our kids are at that level, that they're so involved that they're earning this award that we give them. It's important for us to have leader-child relationships because if they see Jesus in us, they'll want Jesus in them. Bible engagement 
and spirits development. But we like to have fun too. So next week is our pajama pancake party. Coming up, we have wacky sunglasses, we have inside out, favorite sports team, dress up, character, etc., etc., western wear, crazy feet, beach casual. We like to have fun in Awana. And that fun makes the kids want to come too. Um, all the way until May 1st, which is our awards night. So thank you so much for how you as a church support our ministry. We really feel it. And we love so many of you that are involved in our Awana program. And having your kids here, that is the greatest blessing. And watching God work, it's pretty amazing. We had one point where we had a wait list this year. We were so full, but people rose up and volunteered. And we can always use more volunteers. <laughs> so praise the Lord and thank you so much for um, supporting our ministry. And we want to be a blessing to you. Mary's doing such a great job. And um, if you have children, you know of children, or you can kidnap from kids, get them involved in this Wednesday night program. My wife, Kim, she's hidden much of scripture in her heart, but she said most of that happened through Awana. It's just a, it's a, it's a special time in a person's life when they're just like a sponge. And so thank you, Mary, and, and please uh, consider getting involved. Brian is next. Brian Parks and his family been here for 22 years. His younger son, Roman, faithfully serves in our AV team. Um, but he, uh, he's taking care of our junior hires. Thanks, Robert. Good morning. Yes, uh, I'm Brian Parks. My wife, Michelle, and I have been working upstairs with the junior hires for the last 14 months or so. And this past year, we went through the book of Genesis and uh, really had a great time with the kids. Um, the we all just have a fun time in there, and there's a lot of uh, interaction and conversation. And um, we've now getting ready to head into the book of Exodus this year. So we last year, we, it was 50 week studies uh, through the 50 chapters, and um, found it very applicable to our lives. Just really, really have a great time with the kids, enjoy them. Uh, so this next year, like I said, we're going into Exodus, and... Um, we, you know, if there are any other junior hires out there, we'd love to have you come join us. Um, we have a lot of fun, and um, just trying to think if there's anything else uh, that I missed there. Um, oh yeah, um, when I was in seventh grade, uh, I went to Sunday school. Was raised in Sunday school, but um, I didn't want to go on Wednesday nights. And my mom said, you need to go on one Wednesday night, and if you don't want to go back, you don't have to. And I went there, and it was life-changing. I had such a good time, and the leaders were great. And uh, that was really a turning point for me. And, and that age also, one of the reasons I want to work with junior hires is just you know, remembering how pivotal that was in my life. So anyway, um, if, uh, you know, come, come and try us out just once and see if you don't have a good time. Thanks. Thank you, Brian. Um, okay, next up, Kim and JC. Now, they're, they're, they're tag-teaming with our youth. Um, <laughs> he's the love of my life, and I'm... No, I was... No, but I love you, too. That makes sense. Anyway, they've... Kim stood up 
a, a year ago when we needed someone to, to nurture our youth group. Um, and she said, here I am. And she, and she loves these kids and she's taught them. And um, so that was last year. But now JC, who's been full-time with us since uh, November, but we've gotten to know him over the last couple of years because he was the dean of students at Summit School. And I'm just telling you, we are so blessed. You don't even know how blessed you are, but you'll get to know in the future. Kim's going to start it off and then take, give it to JC. Huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I wrote it down. I won't try. Okay, in October 2022, I took on the youth group, and I had two goals. One was to um, see a hunger for the Word of God kind of relit in these kids, and also communicate better with parents. So um, we got kind of a weekly-ish uh, email out. We started having dinner nights once a month. And if you are, if you're a parent of a high schooler or a junior hire, because we have some junior hires on Wednesday nights, um, we'd love to get you on our weekly-ish, uh, e thank you, email thing. Um, so I got each kid a one-year Bible, and I knew that, you know, Maybe no one was going to use it. But what I said was, if you read something in your one-year Bible this week, and it lit you up in some cool way, come and share about it. And I will have done, I'll have read through the week, and I'll bring something if you don't. So that's what we did for, like, a while. <laughs> and I was the only one sharing. But, um, but I, I mean, because the word of God is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it divides between the intention and the, I mean, if, if back there against the wall, the word of God is alive, and, and we want you to love it and hunger after it and, and see what, how God changes you through it. So um, Brian Parks and I uh, handled the Wednesday night youth group for the, all those months, and um, with Liz and Mike Gillette, thank you, I saw your, there you are, um, Abby, Abai, Abby, Abby Abe, I finally asked her how she says her name, I got it right, um, she helped me do a girls event last year, and she led the um, little day retreat, and it was fantastic. We took the kids on a winter retreat. Brian took them snowshoeing that weekend. And then we put a bike trip together last summer. And um, that was amazing. Let's see. We've seen this group of students growing kindness toward each other. And a spiritual hunger is alive. Um, I am grateful for the faithful adults who've helped. Shirley Lopez comes every first Wednesday of the month and cooks dinner. And she's... Such a lovely, generous presence every first Wednesday of the month. Uh, we celebrate birthdays that night, too. Um, thank you for those who have prayed over us, cared, been present. And I am very thrilled to pass the leadership on to you, sir. Although I can't figure out how to leave. I don't want you to go anywhere. You know, we're really excited about this upcoming year. We're really also thrilled about what 
Kim has done for this last year. It was amazing. Um, there's a reason that most youth pastors are like in their like 20s because it like the wear and tear on your body dealing with high school and junior high students is real, is real. And so Kim has got that youthful spirit, that's for sure, and she did awesome this year. The kids love her, by the way, too. Um, who wouldn't? Um, I mean, it's the love of his life. So, so you know, I want to say first that I feel like youth ministry is one of the most important uh, ministries um, in the world. Um, and I say that because if we, look at, if we look at what youth ministry was like 20 years ago, um, it was not good. Um, it said, come here, play some games, Jesus loves you, goodbye. And what it didn't do is it didn't ground and root young people in their faith and the word of God. And so we have people that are in their, their 30s and 40s now that say, I believe in Jesus, but then you talk to them and nothing about what their, their, their worldview like looks anything like scripture. And so, so our goal is to not just play games, tell them they love Jesus, that Jesus loves them and send them on their way. Our goal and our desire, our heart's desire is that they are rooted deeply in scripture. And so that's what our Wednesday nights look like. That's what they're going to look like even more going forward. We're going to continue to be rooted in Scripture, going verse by verse through the Bible. Um, it, we shouldn't treat youth differently than we treat adults. They're, they're essentially adults, and they're ready for the Word of God, and they're ready to dig deep into it. And so, so that's what we're doing. Um, so a couple of highlights of what we're going to be actually, like, like physical things we're doing. This year we're going to a winter retreat next week. We're super excited about that. Uh, in April, we're going to be doing a mission trip to Mexico um, to, do, to serve orphans and widows. Um, you know, I think the Bible says something about that. Um, and so we're super excited about that. We're excited about a summer uh, retreat that we'll do. Um, and then service projects. So we're talking now with a couple of local mission organi organizations that do local missions work. Um, you know, if we just study the word and we don't put the word into action, you know, it's just dead, right? And so we want our faith to have works. We want to go and do what God has called us to do. And we're going to do it uh, as a group. That's what discipleship looks like, right? They see us doing it. They do it with us. And then they continue that process the rest of their lives. And so we're excited about what YAC, Youth at Calvary, we gotta, we'll do something about that. Uh, and so uh, we're excited about, about what the Youth at Calvary are going to be doing this year. So thank you. Uh, okay, next up uh, is our young adult group, uh, Connect is what we call them, um, and because Julie who, and Joe, a couple of our leaders there, are not here right now, they're watching online from Indiana, um, we have a little clip we're going to show, but let me just say, Joe was here about a year and a half ago for his first time and met Jesus in a really powerful way. That night he came to our Connect dinner, which was that night, he met Julie and they decided we love each other and they got married later that week. <laughs> Just seeing if you're paying attention. No, it was a, it was a little while later, but um, what a great place to meet and fall in love. Uh, Julie's been with us for seven years. Joe, as I said, uh, a year and a half. And here's a little clip that they made for us. 
ICCE. This is Jillian Joe from the Connect Group. We'd like to talk about our past and future for our group. Every Sunday, every first Sunday of the month, we have a beautiful dinner with Robert and Kim Case. Every third Saturday, we have a nice activity planned out. Uh, our past activities, we've uh, done hikes. We've had lake days during the summer. We go bowling, ice skating, uh, just things to keep it fresh and fun. And we've done wonderful things like going on an overnight trip to swim, which we're planning to do again this year. So make sure that you keep your ears open for that. We really wanna invite anyone who's a young adult, whether you're just out of high school, you're through college and into your thirties, we, whether you're married or single, we just wanna invite you to come and join us because we have so much fun together. We're able to deepen our friendships. We're able to deepen our relationship with God and do life together. So please come out and join us and uh, hopefully we will see, see you there. there. Young adults, tonight at our house, we'll have something to, good to eat and we'll just fellowship and have some fun and grow closer to God and each other. Lily is up next. Lily is our fearless women's ministry leader. She's attended for 22 years and been at the helm for a decade, the last 10 years. Oh, and she's bringing... A wing woman. Oh, more wing women. Thank God for the wingers. Thank you, Robert. Yes. So I want to read a Bible verse at the very beginning of this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up as you are doing. Thank you for encouraging each other. It has been a very busy and crazy year. Yeah. Where are go. the slides? Here we go. All right. So, good morning. I'd like to introduce Andrea Grover here and Kirsten Richardson. They, alongside me and Joe Neals, have been leading the women's ministry for the last 10 years. There are other people like Tori Johnson and Fran Cava and others who have been in the ministry of the women here at Calvary Chapel for many years. But right now, we are the little group that are kind of leading the charge, and we thank you for supporting us. So we have been blessed to serve together, the four of us, for the last 10 years, and we are just so excited to see what these next years bring. So for this next year, oh, the pictures are of 2023. You see women build, you see various different lunch and learns. We had festive events for Christmas. We also... Um, have a group called 4 by 4 which gathers four women together four times, which you can come and see us about and get involved with if you like. We also have um, Bible studies, Fruitful Hill Art and Craft, Habitat for Humanity, lots of fun things. So our goal is to connect women with each other and connect women with Jesus. So if you would like to connect with us, we would love to have you join us. You can talk to any one of us or go to the booth out front and give us your contact information and we will contact you. So this next year, well, coming up soon, we're going to have some snowshoeing, but coming up, I would really like to invite you to, let's see, I just wanted to have something specific here and of course, lost it real quick here. Um, 
So for this 2024, we invite all of the women at this church to come and pray and serve and learn together. So let's pray and serve and learn together in 2024. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. So faithful. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Hogue, otherwise known as Tom. There he is. This guy, is, he's the leader of the men's ministry. Uh, he's, he and his wife Mary have been uh, here since, kind of since COVID, though he had an earlier stint with the church. Uh, let's give him one more welcome. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Robert. Uh, you know, 2024 is really, it's going to be an amazing year for uh, men's ministry. Um, I just have a Bible verse I'd like to mention, too. It's one of my favorite ones. It's out of uh, Titus. And uh, Paul tells Titus to uh, promote the kind of living that reflects sound doctrine. And that's something that we really want to focus on uh, in the men's ministry. And, in fact, uh, our theme for um, this coming year is going to be uh, how to live a successful life, uh, a, a successful Christian life that is pleasing to God. And that's, uh, you know, that's where we want to be, and that's what we want to do uh, with the men's ministry this year. And, um, you know, we're starting off with our uh, men's Bible study, which uh, meets every uh, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. in room uh, 205. And uh, this is, uh, this is going to be a really great ministry because it turns out that what we're going to be studying is the book of James. And book of James is a lot like a handbook for Christian living. So we're going we're gonna to live out our theme, you know, through the book of James, and, and it's going to be really good. And we're also going to focus um, a lot on uh, men's uh, fellowship. Uh, so guys, you need to get uh, tuned into this. And uh, some of the things we do uh, on Wednesday nights, uh, the, first when, the first Wednesday of every month, uh, we'll be having just kind of a small uh, dinner, uh, so you can come to the Bible study and have some dinner. We'll do that once, once a month. Uh, but we're really going to focus on fellowship. And some of the other things we're going to do, uh, we're going to have some hiking trips. Uh, we've had some uh, bicycle trips in the past, so guys, uh, get your bikes out of storage uh, oil up those chains and uh, come out and join us for that. And these bike rides, uh, you know, they're really easy. They're, it's on flat terrain, so it's not difficult. Uh, it's not a competition. You know, it's just a nice slow ride that we go on, and we just have fun and chat back and forth and have some good fellowship. And uh, the other thing that we're going to be doing uh, this coming year is, uh, of course, uh, fishing. And so, uh, you know, we're going to go out there and catch some big ones. And I think Michael caught a four-incher last summer. It was one of the big ones. But, but we've also uh, reeled in some uh, big catfish. Uh, well, maybe like kind of like, yeah, well, you know, big is relative, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so we're going to do some good fishing. Uh, this last year we targeted mostly perch. Uh, but this year we're going to go for the uh, perch, crappie, bass, and even um, cutthroat trout. So um, guys, once again, get your fishing poles out. Um, you know, if you need some new line for your fishing poles, uh, get them spooled out. Uh, but we also have uh, a lot of extra fishing poles. So 
even if you want to just come out and try fishing, maybe you've never done it before, but you'd like to give it a try, come on out. We've got the poles for you, and I can almost, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't see. I can guarantee you'll catch a fish, but uh, the fish are out there. They're hungry, and they're, and they're, they're waiting. So um, that's, uh, that's what we're going to be doing. And so please, um, men, um, make sure and get dialed in. Uh, try to make this a, um, a priority in, in your life, and uh, let's uh, praise God together. Amen? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Tom. Uh, his love for the men is, is just so amazing. Um, it's really a friendship fraternity there, um, and they love the Lord. Of our... Uh, Board of Directors, we call them the Elder Board. Uh, I've asked Bill McCardle, who's, who's been a part of this church for like four decades um, and uh, been my right-hand man on the Board of Directors for 26 years. I want him to share a little overview. Let's give him a welcome. Good morning, everybody. Uh, hearing about four decades does make me feel pretty old, but... It's not like I need a reminder, because when, when I get up here, I get a combination of excitement and nervousness, et cetera. And, but one of the bigger challenges is trying to find the optimum place to be able to see my notes. You know, too close, too far, no bueno. It's got to be just right. And if you can't relate, if the Lord tarries, you'll be in that same situation someday. So anyway, thank the Lord for that, though. Um, 2023 was a pretty noteworthy year, not an easy year by any means. Uh, we all know that it was a year marked by war and death and destruction and just widespread intense suffering and desolation, and on the, that's on the international level and in, within our body. You know, there have been people who have been dealing with financial distress, problems with work, problems with their businesses, severe health problems, relationship issues, that sort of thing. Now, these kind of circumstances aren't ones that foster faith normally. What they do tend to foster are fear and anxiety and worry, uh, things that are the, are the opposite of faith or tend to undermine faith. And sometimes it's like what was depicted in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where the, where the knights, when they were confronted by an imposing foe, they were, run away, run away. <laughs> That's what we do sometimes in our lives. We hide or we run away. But uh, in Ephesians, within the context of uh, the description of the armor of God, there's the instruction to stand firm. And in one of the other uh, uh, versions, it says, hold your ground. And uh, I am just so gratified, and, but far more important than that, is I know that the Lord is pleased by how this body of believers has held their ground. Um, you know, we have heard this morning about so many ministries, how they are working and, and powerfully in people's lives. And uh, I, don't, I know that if I were to try and go through a list of everything, I would give 
um, it'd be a disservice because I'd miss some people, I'm sure, and I don't want to do that. But, you know, this church is in heavily involved in supporting missionaries, uh, you know, satisfying or working to satisfy the Great Commission. We have a competent and mature staff uh, to run the office, to uh, maintain and uh, repair, et cetera, this building. Uh, which serves as a base of operations for this this ministry of Calvary Chapel Eastside. Uh, you know, particularly exciting for us is the addition of uh, J.C. Armbruster, who you heard earlier. So, thank the Lord for him. Uh, I know that uh, I believe that you've observed the same thing I have about him. That he's a man who regularly walks in the fruit of the Spirit, and also is a man who is able to teach the Word of God accurately. So, um, important, critical criteria. And a happy bonus for us, and we're just starting to scratch the surface, is we're finding what, what uh, a tremendous gem Nikita is, his wife. <laughs> so, um, so, I want to just commend the body here for, for your faithfulness, uh, one of the things that has also been accomplished through your faithfulness is the, um, either the completion or the near completion now of the refinance of this building. Uh, if you remember, there are two parts to it. There's the commercial bank loan portion, and then there's also the uh, symbol portion, which is the part where this body uh, as a group is pooling resources to help make the financing of this building uh, a possibility. And that has happened not once or... Has it happened three times now already, Robert? Okay. And we're now... We've now satisfied the symbol portion of that, which is actually the larger portion. And we're within days of completing the refinance with the commercial bank to get them completed. And it's, it's been a, a great relationship. It's an, a new bank that we've been dealing with uh, called Washington Trust. And we had a meeting some weeks back with the leadership there and... and you know, some of them are actually believers. <laughs> it was so cool to um, gather in that group with them and just get to know them, them get to know us. Robert even got to pray before the meeting. <laughs> so um, it's not something that you normally see in a commercial context. So, <laughs> um, But uh, I want to uh, just close with a verse that I think is, is helpful in thinking of how we're going to proceed this in 2024 from Philippians 3.12, that uh, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, Bill. You know, just, it's such a pleasure to serve alongside such men and women as you've heard today. Um, and we have some new people uh, this last year um, at uh, our accounting position. Rick uh, DeWitt has come on and streamlined many things, automated many things. He's doing a fantastic job. If, by the way, you would like to, or you have some of those giftings to help spell him, let him go on a vacation once in a while, 
uh, that kind of thing, let us know. Info at ccesi.com, and, um, and we'll work that out. Uh, also, there's a man named Alexi Liaman. Uh, we know him as Alex, who is from the Ukraine. Uh, he's learning English, but when Putin moved in, he moved out. Uh, and he lives on site, and he takes care of this place, and it's amazing. He's just got this gift. He's highly intelligent and um, just clever. And he's always looking for ways to uh, make things run smoother, but he, can, he knows everything. I mean, I, I don't have time to go into some of the verging on miraculous things that he has accomplished, but we love him very much, and he's part of our family now. So God's blessed us. You know, with so much human resource, why? Why has God poured out such gifted persons so richly to make, and this is the reason why, it's to make ministers of you, of you all. And don't think you get off because you're watching online. It's you too. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 11, he makes it clear. He says, he gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for this purpose. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service. That word means ministry. To the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature person. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. In other words, Christianity is a growing thing, right? You get that. We're growing into the full measure of Christ from glory to glory, using the Word of God and the Spirit of God in conjunction to make that possible. And that's what we seek to accomplish every Sunday, every midweek Bible study, prayer meeting, home fellowship. That's, that is what we are all about. I'm convinced that it's the best way to experience the glory of God. You know, that's what Moses asked for. Uh, show me your glory. Does anybody else have that attitude? Don't raise your hand. I want that heart. I want to have that attitude. This is the best way to experience the glory of God. And then after we've received from him, and filled with all joy and peace and believing and abounding in hope, then we give it out. Not like the Dead Sea that's got no outlet and nothing lives in it, but like the Sea of Galilee, right? Comes in from Mount Hermon and goes out toward Jerusalem. It's called the Great Commission. We are tasked to go and make disciples but it begins with us growing together in God's love and truth. Anybody seen this before? You ever seen these words? This is our webpage, our homepage. That's our, that's our banner, growing together 
in God's love and truth. Again, we're talking about the transforming power of God's word and God's spirit working together in our lives. His spirit, the Bible says, sheds his, bro- his love abroad within our hearts, Romans 5.5. 5. And his word instills in us the knowledge of the glory, the weightiness of God as seen in the face of Jesus. And such knowledge, such light as it bathes our minds and as such love fills our hearts. Then we're going to grow in two ways. Vertically, we will grow together as a body Closer and closer to the Lord as we feed upon his word and allow it yield to his Holy Spirit. So we're growing together in God's love and truth. But we're also growing horizontally together as a body with this thing called a sincere love from the heart. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. Those are the two ways that we grow. So again, what is our banner at Calvary Chapel Eastside? That's it, which ties into his banner over us, which is it all works together. If We want to be a part of what God's doing in the earth today. In past battles, it was critically important for the guy carrying the flag to hold it high. Why? It represented their cause. It was a rallying point. It was the reason that they were willing to give their all Their very lives, if necessary. To the child child of God, his banner over us is love as demonstrated at Calvary. And the only appropriate response on this planet is to rally to that banner, to love him and others because he first loved us. That's how it works, that's our motivation. Today, if you're willing to embrace that love, the love of God, fully, completely, if you're willing to consecrate, that is to set apart your lives for love, then we invite you to partake in remembering the greatest demonstration of love. We're going to have the worship band come back right now. We're going to take communion together. These things representing his body broken and his blood shed. We're going to conclude by taking communion together. Let's lift our voices. Come out of sadness from wherever you've Come broken heart, rescue.
What an invitation, huh? Those wandering, looking for love in all the wrong places or looking for peace and hope in the world. We can only get it from the one who made us, made us in his image to know him. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, this this represents my body broken for you. He said, eat it in remembrance of me. Let's do that together as a body. Thank you, Lord. And if you are able, please stand with me. Do we want to stand to show honor to that which represents the very life of Christ, his bloodshed. And let's make this our moment of consecration. If you are willing, he only takes those who are willing. And you can, you can hold on to your life. It's, it's a voluntary act of, of love and devotion. But I would challenge you to join me by consecrating your life as I consecrate my life to the King for 2024. Amen? After taking the cup, blessing it, and giving thanks, he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. My blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. He drink it in remembrance of me. Let's do it now. Let's go out with singing.
There's joy for the morning. Oh, sinner, be still. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can Sunday, everybody. God bless you.